Welcome back to another episode of Bopcast. I am your host, Ryan Sullivan, also known as Sully Bop. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we have Chris Miller on the podcast. Chris Miller is the owner of Chris Miller Contracting. He's also uh, under the name Chris Miller Does Art because... He does do art. Uh, he's a hands-on guy. He's a woodworker. He's a carpenter. Um, he, you know, makes 3D, uh, you know, printed designs. I mean, like so many different things. Record collector, antique dealer, buyer, seller. We talk about all this stuff. Um, how to start buying and selling on eBay when you have no money. Um, you know, all these different types of things. He's moving to Nashville, Tennessee. A decision that he made uh, within a two-week period, and he's uprooting his entire life in doing that. So really wide-ranging conversation but we definitely hit on some important topics uh, whether it's buying selling um, working for yourself all those different things so hope you enjoy this episode with chris miller if you're a content creator like me you've needed music background beats for videos projects anything um, and for me, I'm a music producer. I can go and make my own beat, but sometimes I just don't have the time. And I don't wanna go on YouTube and use a beat that's been used hundreds of thousands of times by other people. So Soda Beats eliminates this issue. Whether you have 10 years of music experience or 10 minutes, you can make a beat on here. You can take uh, you know, 20 minutes and whip something up really fast uh, just you know, uh, to use as background music, or you can take hours and create a masterpiece. It's up to you, but Soda Beats makes it easy. It's a complete web-based platform, royalty-free with for-profit use. You can go and take your beat, do whatever you want with it after. To be honest, I think it's just fun to make beats on there too. It's a, I, I just, I love it. It's web-based, open it up in Chrome um, when, you're, when you have a few minutes and, and mess around and make something awesome. So uh, Soda Beats, best way uh, to make beats online right now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Thank to you. another episode of Bobcast today on Bobcast. Now, this is episode two of season three. This is the second episode in 2021. Uh, we're out here with Chris Miller. He's a returning guest, um, famously on the Jack Gallagher and Chris Miller Bobcast. Yeah, Probably famous about, cast. How long ago do you think that was? year and a half? Two? Ooh, two. Three. Probably th- we might two or be three. Pushing three dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so second podcast of 2021 feeling very optimistic about this year and like the podcast man got the new camera coming and everything bobcast is coming up um you know hopefully we're going to be in a studio in a year or two and no you definitely will and you know who's going to design it I do know who's going to design it CMC baby that's like Chris Miller contracting gang gang contracting you know know. specialize in design remodels the whole I'll give you a better plug at the end so people can you know, really uh, learn know where to contact you, and yeah, of course, if they live in the Tennessee, the natural natural area, you know, <laughs> surrounding area. areas. We'll yep. talk about that too. But anyway, so you know, I figure we there's a bunch of different ways we could start, but I feel like you know the where we were when we did the last podcast with Jack. I mean, all three of us were kind of in different places, definitely in worse places, hundred um, percent. And so I think it's important, or it would be helpful to kind of just explain where you are in life right now and then i feel like we're just going to go off of that and and sure kind of off in the conversation yeah well back then back then we were we were in college you know i went to stockton you went to rv were you still in rv then yeah 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 when you were at stockton i was at community college for people who don't know what rv means yeah valley the best uh community college out there oh yeah but uh yeah at uh stockton for two years 
uh, let's see, we did sustainability science, the major first. Science completely ruined me. So I went to business management, you know, been running my own business since, you know, age 13, 14, selling uh, this, that, everything in between. So uh, yeah, went into business marketing, business management, all that, and felt like I wasn't really getting anything out of it. You know, I've done the whole nine already, and I was just learning stuff over again, and, you know, felt like I was wasting my time a little bit. Then, uh, you know, one day came, end of sophomore year, where, uh, you know, studying for econ, who uses econ for anything, am I right? You know, completely going to fail that class, you know, not the- Macro, micro? Macro. Uh, Yeah, no. Cheated my way through the whole entire thing. Uh, college, baby. Needed a, like, 75 to pass the final, or pass the class, needed 75 on the final. You know, just uh, talking to some kids while we were studying, and uh, I was going home for a side job that weekend, and they're like, uh, what was I doing? I was probably putting in some windows or something, I think, and they're like, you know how to do that? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do that once in a while, you know, know how to do this, that, everything in between. They're like, wow, why are you even here? I'm like, that's a good question. <laughs> why am I studying so for wait, wait, wait. macro? Let me, let me zoom in on that moment. Yeah. Was, uh, was that... Did you actually have a realization in that moment or no? Yeah, yeah, because these kids, I mean, nothing on them, but they, you know, they didn't really have any, like, blue-collared skills. They had, you know, to learn to make money, and they needed to learn in school, you know, how to do life. So, uh, you know, they said to me, like, oh, you know how to do that? We got into conversation about other things I know how to do, and they're like, dude, why are you here? I'm like, yeah, I've been asking myself that for the past two years. And that's when it hit me, because I knew I was going to, fail that so hard and get a terrible GPA and have to take that class over again, which I really didn't want to do because I didn't learn anything that whole time. I was posting eBay listings in that class. I'd take pictures when I'd come home, list everything in macro, ship it all when I get home, just going back and forth every weekend and making my money that way. And um, yeah, just figured uh, school was not the way that I was going to uh, do the next two years. Do you think that it takes somebody else to ask you rather than you asking yourself? I mean, it's... Oh, yeah. Well, the realization was definitely that because I saw what they had to offer to the world. Then I saw what I had to offer to the world. And, you know, school's not for everyone. But for some people, school, you need school to, uh, you know, actually learn and succeed and do this and that. But I did not see school as beneficial for myself. So after hearing them say it, that really hit me. And my parents gave me the option, like, freshman year, obviously, I didn't want to be there. So they said, do sophomore year, see how it goes. And the second semester, really getting sick and tired of it, wasn't really doing that much. You know, enjoying my photography class, my Photoshop class, pretty much everything that had to do with art and, you know, expressing myself. But macro, you know, accounting, this and that, you know, what, am I going to be an accountant? Not you. Do I look like I'm going to be an accountant? No. No, they look like I'm. You never be, have looked like you're gonna be an accountant. Except my accounting skills are off the chain right yeah, now. Yeah, you're good at it. You just don't fit the role. You don't no. fit the part. But you know, that's crazy because I think that there's so many people in that position where I think there's a few. There's like a mix of things. But like some people are in the position where they go, "I really shouldn't be here. Like this really isn't." the place where I should be like focusing all my energy. Like I can just provide so much more value in a different place. Right. Then there's some people who go like, I am good at this and I kind of like college. I like these classes, but I also just don't want to be here in general. Right. And And those, those people, they need to hate to say it, but suck it up and actually finish 
because they can yep. get something out of college. And if they just drop out, what else do they have to offer? They need to do their pros and cons list. Well, did you do a pros and cons list? Oh, I've been doing. I was doing a pros and cons list since the middle of the first semester freshman year. <laughs> I had a list on my phone, a college backup plan, and I remember it was like my six week week of school. I was like walking through the woods in Stockton, you know, beautiful area to really think about stuff. And I called my mom. I'm like, "Listen, I want to drop out. I have a whole list of things I could do. I could work for this guy, do this, get into this, you know, make money this way." And she's like, "You've been there for six weeks." Suck it up for the rest of the semester. Maybe finish the year, see how it goes. Freshman year was fine. You know, had a had a blast, met a lot of nice people. You know, thankful for that. You know, it was a good experience at the end of the day. But, um, yeah, I was doing pros and cons lists since week six of freshman year. <laughs> and so pros and cons list, week six, you go, okay, I'm developing this backup plan. And then two a year and a half later, that kid says, why are you here? Right. Yeah. And then it wasn't my parents asking me. It wasn't me saying that to myself. It was someone who noticed what I had to offer saying, why are you here? You can do this. You can do that. You could help people doing this, help people doing that. I thought to myself, I'm not going to be helping anyone being an accountant. There's a million accountants out there. What am I going to do? Try and be a scavenger looking for a job after college, making $60,000 a year as an accountant, hopefully making 60,000 a year doing accounting. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't, you know, majoring in accounting, just yeah. business management. But at the end of the day, business management is just like sort of like a BS uh, major. Like you don't know what you're going to do outside of college after that. That's like, my degree. So what are you going to do? Like some people start a franchise. Some people do this, start a business. Start a podcast but, business. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But yeah, I wasn't. That's, I mean, I'm, I agree. I'm in 100% agreement that. I mean, I think most majors are BS. I mean, I think most majors, not that they're bullshit majors, it's just that the classes that you do, all the classes that you do, they don't really combine together to form one thing. They're no. kind of just a bunch of different well, things. Well, that's the quality of schools, too. Yeah. Like that's some schools, true. you that's have true. to take like a karate class to fulfill your major. Yeah. Why are you spending the money to oh, take I a mean, karate even class? Stockton, you don't remember at some distance? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You mean waste my time? Yeah. That's what that is. Because I've already decided in my third year, in your third year of college, you're not trying new classes. No. You're, you're, just, you're trying so to So why pinpoint... am I trying new classes? Like, that's what I don't understand. So, you know, it's they, well, this is, I mean, this is the real bottom line is that they want you to take more classes. So you spend more money. It's a business. It's a yeah. business. They, as much as it is a public, you know, university, if it is a public university, it's still a business. It still has to make money. Yeah. Um, it's the president they of the university. They took their business management class, and they, they know how to run that business. Yeah, straight up, man. <laughs> and, you know, I've had great professors there, um, you know. But, yeah, and, and you know, just to, to take it back to what you were saying, you know, I think that most of – I think the whole time you were in college, I think you knew that you – it wasn't a right the right fit. I don't think there was ever a time where it was like, oh, I oh this is really where I want to be. Like I think the well, whole time you were really like you loved what you were doing surrounding your classes and and the people you were hanging out with in the right. eBay and the, all those things. But I don't think it you felt in a hundred percent in like alignment with this is where. No, I I mean I liked some of the like I said my my photography class loved it. Yeah, my Photoshop class loved it. You know, all my business classes stuff. hated them. Yeah, and I use them now. I use Photoshop all the time. I use, you know, I do photography sometimes. Yeah. You know, I got those skills in my back pocket. But to get a major from that and actually form a career behind that, that's a lot of money to spend for something that you, you know, 
don't really need. Man, that's I mean, a great point, though. But, I mean, if you want to get into, like, marketing with, or, like, advertisement marketing and you know how to do Photoshop, you know, you need, yeah. the, you need the degree because that's what people look for. Mm-hmm. But for the stuff that I'm doing right now, don't need it. And but, my, my, what I was going to say is look at the return. Like, we nobody does this return on investment calculation. So, like, if you get... If first of all, if you get a college degree, you can get a better job, but there's actually more competition than if you didn't have a college degree because now you're competing with everybody that has a college degree instead of competing with people that don't have a college degree. Yeah. Because when you don't have a college degree, you're competing on the basis of your experience and not on your degree. So experience puts you above people, not a degree. When you have a college degree, your degree and your school and your major and your activities and everything surrounding your college experience, now that's what you're competing against. So right. now you're it doesn't make getting a job easier. It actually makes it harder. Yeah, and everyone's so, learning the same thing. And everybody's so. learning the same thing. And what it is is too is you if you don't do the return on investment calculation, then you're going to have a bad time because yeah. what you're going to do is you're going to go for years, you're going to have a certain x amount of debt. Then you're going to say how do I get a higher pay, higher paying job? That's the only reason you went to college in the first place. So you right. can get a better, high pay, higher paying job. Then you go, well, okay, I guess I'll have to get a master's. So let me look. What's it going to take to get a master's? Oh, but if I get a master's- A few more thousand dollars. Well, tens of thousands of dollars. A lot more than that. Yeah, exactly. But if I get a master's, I can make even more money. You're making more money but you're making less money because of the amount of debt that you accumulated. So the return on your investment of the college degree, you actually lose money. So you are working towards a job that's a higher paying job where you're paying off all this debt. So you're not making more money. Well, say in 10 years, you could be. You could be paying it off. And then in the 10 year, you know, it's a good investment. You can have a plan. Yeah. I'm not saying don't I'm not saying don't get a master's. I mean, don't get a master's. But I, hey, if, if it makes sense, do it. You want me to get a master's? No, uh, should no, I go back? You shouldn't get a master's. <laughs> don't do, get it. Get a college degree. Get a master's. Go to this school. Go to that school. All I'm saying is, do the calculation. Determine what's what are other people. Go on. I'm I'm not going to say anything more about LinkedIn. But <laughs> go on LinkedIn. Find somebody that's doing your job. Ask them how much money they make. Ask them if it made sense to get the master's. They're going to tell yeah. you yes or no. Yeah. Whether it made sense for them. So I'm just only saying, a select few jobs that make go, sense. It, true. And only especially business, it doesn't make sense. They don't even no. want to hire you if you have a master's. It's actually worse to have a master's. Really? Like, yeah. Because they th- they're saying. Why didn't you just go work? Why did you go to school more? Experience is key. Experience is key. So you know that's my rant on. I'm not saying don't do it. Just do the calculation because that's not people don't do that. You go to college, you go to high school, and then you're going to go to college, and then you don't think about calculations, right? And and math and no, money. No, you just go by the code. You just go by the code. But so, what do you think for like people who are in that position? Um, even people who have a college degree, but they say, I want to go do my own thing completely different from what I'm doing right now. Like if, whether they have their resources or not, you had a good amount of resources to start to do what you yeah, have to do. Absolutely. You had a lot of space, you had time, you had all these things. I had the prior education too. True. Like in high school, I took, you know, the, the green building course in Polytech, the technical school. And I learned a lot there. I mean, that's the only reason why I got into Stockton because my teacher in Polytech worked with the sustainability science guy at Stockton. I had the worst grades in high school, and I, you know, like when you're like applying for colleges, how you're at, like they have like a uh, a little not a spreadsheet, but a little graph where you are compared to the other people that made it into that school from your high school. Mm-hmm. Bottom left corner, the absolute <laughs> worst. And I applied to school. I waited two months, didn't hear anything. I messaged the professor at Stockton, got a mail or a letter in the mail two days later. Yeah. So you know, 
I wasn't supposed to be there unless I knew that guy. And he was like, any student of Charlie's, you know, can be a student of mine. So he got me in there, even though I shouldn't have been in there. And um, so I had the I had the resources that way. But um, you just got to see what's practical for you. Because I had the experience. I knew what to do. I knew how to. I did side jobs, you know, all through college when I'd come home on the weekends. I helped my dad rebuild our house when I since I was 11 years old. And, um, you know, I, I've learned a lot and I knew that I could start somewhere, you know, even making $15 an hour working for someone, you know, you learn, you learn from that $15 an hour. You really don't even need any experience. If you want to start working the trades, there is endless amount of work. People think they can't find jobs outside of college. You could work any blue collar job. Any guy will hire you. There is endless amount of work. When I went to Nashville looking for a job, I had eight solid jobs five days in. Mm -hmm. Guaranteed jobs when I showed up. Because I've learned the past three years how to do everything, like fine-tuning, not exactly fine-tuning, but I had general knowledge of everything. Mm -hmm. And I uh, had eight solid jobs, like set, ready to go. I mean, I only chose two of them, but um, you just got to start learning. If you like something, try it. You know, if you like doing carpentry work, try it. I don't know one guy who won't hire an extra set of hands. Not one. You used the time, that the extra time that you had to do the things that you really wanted to do, right? Like you did the eBay on the side. You did the side jobs on the side. You well, did, I, no, I did the yeah. side jobs while I was supposed to be studying. But still, <laughs> while you, you still went to class. For the most part, no, I really, I did, but yeah. I did. I'd skip. There's three classes. You didn't fail out. Three of college, classes a week. Though. I wouldn't go to one. The second day of class, I would do eBay, and then the third day was the mm-hmm. quiz, which I'd cheat on. So yeah, <laughs> even even more to my point of, y- you did you just did everything you actually wanted to do, you right? Know? So like, I think what I think what happens is, and I guess what I'm kind of getting to is like, yeah, sorry, I just went yeah. on like a rant that sort of wasn't too. Uh, what you're talking about, but it sort of was. No, I mean it was. You just went a little further because we're gonna hit the Nashville thing, just not yet. But, um, you know, I think the I think the problem is people have more of a dream and they're less of the they have less of the do and more of the dream. So they have less of the grind in my every single waking hour that I'm not in school or sleeping on stuff that I really want to do. They have less of that and they have more of I'm sitting here in class or I'm doing my homework and I want to do bigger big things. Oh yeah. And I think that what you kind of have to do is start doing things that get you to where because you starting chris miller contracting and be a full-time contractor or whatever amount of time that you do that um you know you started with the small things like selling big these you know you weren't selling like you know 10 dollars trucks in high school you know what i'm no. saying like you were selling flipping little things on ebay i started off selling my lego men when I was like 12 years old, I had a bunch of Legos. I saw they were going for a lot of money on eBay. Just put out lots of like five Lego characters. They'd sell for like 25 bucks. Like, I don't know who was buying them, but they were selling. I was making good money. I was going to garage sales, buying Legos, selling the Legos, making good money as a 12-year-old. Then I went to another garage sale, and I found a BMX bike. It was a Rockstar Energy Edition BMX bike used three times. The kid went to jail. The mom sold it to me for 30 bucks. I was like, this is a rare bike. Sold it to uh, some kid that I went to middle school with for 150 bucks the next day. Then I'm like, I don't need to work a day in my life if I can go to garage sales, just know what to look for, and um, know what sells. And why would I work for $15 an hour when I could make 
$120 for an hour of work at 13. Mm. But do you know, so what's your advice on that? Do you have to know? Because some people it's say, tough. It's, I know it's, it's tough. tough. Some people say, just know what what's your thing. Whatever your thing is, you'll know how much that costs and how much that sells for. Don't go in, don't start selling, you know, knickknacks if you're selling boats. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you know, or you do boats, you do boats. You know what I'm saying? So what's your thoughts on that? You've sold everything, so like a lot of different things. You have your specialties, though, like the ink pens, and I can go off into the other little yeah. things you have. But what's your advice on selling on selling things on eBay and how to You need start? to put yourself out there. Like, you got to go to the auctions and just... Look at what things are selling for. Observe. Observe. Because when I was 13, I didn't know that if I bought, you know, this little metal robot that it would sell for $500 on eBay, I saw that it would sell for $500. So that one day when I was 20 years old, I saw it at a garage sale. For I saw the thing for $5. I knew it would sell for $500 on eBay, so I knew to buy it. If I didn't know that from observing, I wouldn't have known. Knowledge is money. So you just got to go out there. You just got to look for, you know, see what things are selling for. You could get a general idea just from looking at, I don't know, those those headphones you got there. If you, if you know what they sell for normally and you see a good deal of them at a garage sale, you know that they could probably sell used for, I don't know, 80, 100 bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, you just got to see, have a general knowledge of everything. I don't know. That's how I worked. Yeah. It's definitely a blessing and a curse because... I, then you want I always everything. wanted to focus in on something, but you know how I work, and I can't uh-huh. do that. Absolutely can't mm-hmm. do that. Perfect transition. ADHD. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you have ADHD, is what you say. That's what you say. Yeah. So the doctor said it. That's and what the doctor teachers said. said it. But I'd say I. I mean, you could probably just listen to me and hear that I, you know, have it. But. Uh, it's a blessing and a curse. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me, but sometimes it's the worst thing. Um, I think it really boosts my creativity. My, um, hmm. It does a lot for me, but it also screws me over a bunch too. Mm. I don't even know where to start on that. Creativity definitely is huge. Impulse decisions, which are important in life. Um, what do you mean? Uh, <laughs> You're focused on something really quickly. I didn't really think too much about this beforehand. But you're good. I just want to know why impulse decisions are important. You don't have to it doesn't have to be like a some, you know, crazy high level thing. I just I I think people have an opinion on impulse decisions and some impulse decisions have ruined people's lives and some people's oh, impulse yeah, decisions no. have saved their life. So Yeah. No, I think I don't know, uh, just a little topic. Hmm. What's an impulse decision where you go Oh man, thank God I did that. You got well. Have I mean, you and uh, I mean all of, all of our other friends call Miller moves. My impulse mm-hmm. decisions that are just uh, there's nothing behind them. Only I would really do them, and they make sense why I would do them. Mm. You explain on a Miller move. <laughs> well, uh, so like I don't. So like a Miller move basically is there's an opportunity there's some random weird opportunity, some random thing that you come across, right? But the but the 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 outcome is unknown. You don't know if it's going to benefit you yes. in the long run. Yes. But you're taking a chance. And I'm fully okay with it if you're it doesn't work. If it doesn't work, and you're fine with those consequences. Yes. So that's really a Miller move. Like there, it's it's uh, it's basically impulse. I mean, that's really what it is. Yeah. And I think a lot of what you've done, I'm just not scared, is impulse. And no, you're not scared. And that leads me perfectly to you. 
so this is the setup. I'll set it up and then you're going to explain it. So you went to Tennessee for 11 days to go visit. What was the purpose of the trip? Just to visit Anthony. Visit our friend Anthony. Anthony Amarim, great artist. Go check him out. Shout He's out, Anthony. one of the biggest artists that I know personally. Kid's really talented. Um, and so he, we went to go and visit Anthony. And you ended up in this place called Nashville, Tennessee. And you're meeting... God's land. God's land. You're meeting all these people. And you make an impulse decision. You make a Miller move. <laughs> Literally. Literally a Miller move. Um, yeah, just fell in love with it. And dropped everything I possibly could drop and send it to Tennessee. Just from an impulse decision, I saw the opportunity there. The opportunity was definitely there. People are nicer. Weather's nice. You know, just a lot better than good old New Jersey. And, uh, you know, since the opportunity was there, I saw why not. And since I do my own thing and create my own schedule, just move, uh, move shop down to Tennessee. Did the pros outweigh the cons on that there one? There were no cons. There's no cons. There's no cons. Well, if you're be re- being realistic, there's got to be some cons. I can't think of any. Mm. <laughs> what if it doesn't work? Well, I know it's going to. Yeah. Because, like I said before, there was eight jobs there lined up in the first few days that I was there. Just because I, since I do the blue-collared work, I don't need to worry about that compared to if I was doing uh, white-collared stuff and had the education... You know, it's so hard to find a job right now if you're a white-collared person coming straight out of college. There's so many people doing that. So you need to really search for months on end, uh, months on end, to just look for that job on LinkedIn. Yeah. Find that job on LinkedIn, and you got to wait. And then, you know. I know. But I'm in the – I created that opportunity for myself almost. I kind of had a feeling that I needed to move somewhere down south. You know, better weather, nice people, this and that. But uh, I didn't know where I was going to go. And right when I went to Nashville, you know, I just saw all the opportunity, saw all the pros. You know, music's a big thing in my life. I love music more than anything. And there was just live shows. Things are open. It felt normal. You know, met a few famous musicians, like the guitarist of Steppenwolf. Me and him are boys now. Went to one of his shows. (laughs) (laughs) Wants me to come to all of his shows now. I I met a guy at a bar the other day who... um, you know, he was just smoking outside. We were just drinking together for a little bit. And one thing led to another, you know, became friends. And he texted me the other night, hey, I'm having a show with a guy from Steve Miller Band. You should come by. I'm like, now I get to meet this guy. Yeah. There's nothing, like, that stuff doesn't happen around here. You know, you have to, like, expand, you know, your opportunity. Mm. And I knew that, and another thing was just Anthony's friends are great down there. So I felt at home hanging out with them, and I felt like I've been down there forever. I wouldn't have made the move probably if I didn't know anyone down there. So that's the biggest thing. I had a living opportunity. I had the work opportunity, but just it felt very homey. Uh, do you think that you went off like – did you go off any like intuition or anything, or was it kind of just like all those factors you just – like that was your – those were the pros, right? Like those were what – it it made – if you thought about it in your mind and you were like, should I move here or should I not? Like, it just, it, you didn't have to even I go didn't through that even thought process. Quote, yeah. Well, I was thinking about it. Like, on the plane ride home, I was like, I definitely should move there. Like, it's <laughs> a great place. And then it snowed right when I came back after going outside every morning in my underwear, taking a piss outside. Yep. And then I come home and it's snowing. And I'm like, yep, I'm over it. Just I'm out. over it. I'm out. Yeah. Yep. Damn. That's yeah, crazy, the only man. con is that it's such a fun place, you get distracted yeah. real easily. You know, it's a party every single day there. There's new people every weekend. 
I mean, you're meeting a lot of good people, which are cool, but you can't go to the bar every day. Mm-hmm. You can't do, you can't have fun every day. You got to stay straight. And that, I think, is going to be my biggest challenge just because, you know, it's so much fun. It's going to be hard to Not stay focused. As much fun. I yeah. think I'm going to, I'm going to start new, um, you know, going to have more life goals and, you know, good habits, forming good habits, you know, maybe, well, after all my, my injuries, got to start doing yoga in the morning or like stretching in the morning, they you, man, eat a little healthier right there. Morning routine. Yes, sir. Where's, uh, we need to have, uh, get me over in the morning, six thirty in the morning. We'll do a little, uh, well, all right. We talked I'm, about it. Well, I, I don't have that much time now. Yeah. But I figured since you were moving, we weren't going to put it in motion. But yeah, it was I'm, we can do it where you're at, and I'm here. Well, well I don't care. We could still do it. I mean, I'll just Maybe do it here, and you do it there. After the pod. A little yeah. stretching circle or a little, something. A little session, a little pod stretch. But, yeah, man, I just thought that was crazy that you just, like, you've been here for your whole life, and then you go somewhere. I loved it more than anything. I had yeah. an idea of building an apartment in my barn so I could live in there for the next few years. Yeah. Just work out of my barn, I mean, which I have been doing. You already have it. two rooms in there, though. Yeah. yeah, I already have two rooms. Just going to bump them out a little bit. That was like, we were talking about that at dinner the week before I left. And we were so set on it, like it was going to happen, and, you know, I couldn't see myself anywhere else because I had everything I wanted here. I had the hardware store guy throwing me all the jobs that come in the store. I have so many contacts for all the people I've already done jobs, jobs for. And, you know, I have a good reputation here. I built myself up nice, I'd say. And, um, you know, you can't just do it's. It was too much of a cushion, too much of a cushion here. And I wanted to kind of just like be in the dirt a little bit, you know, because I had, you know, had everything I wanted. You know, I have some money saved up. I could have stayed here, bought a house, started flipping houses or something. But I never had that, you know, fend for myself thing. And the fending for yourself, I feel it's going to drive me. And that's what I need to actually have. Form the good habits, get the schedule going, have a nice routine, you know, the whole nine. I mean, you're already, you're on that, uh, that schedule thing a little bit, but you, I know you have the same opinion of the cushion as I do. I do. And there's something about adversity and there's something about, I mean, let's, let's be honest here. Like most of our lives, like we've really had the cushion, we've had comfortability. We've been able to, you know, somebody else would help us if we needed help right absolutely and you got any you got five yeah. people on your on your cell phone that you could call who could help oh, you out easily a cow so many couches to sleep on and when you don't have that you have a different level of hustle because you need to now you're providing for yourself you just got to right? figure it out you got to figure it out but then yeah you're also trying to make a livelihood and be happy at the same time which is there's a lot of go- lot going on there when you have to do it all yourself like when you have a rent payment and a car payment and an insurance payment and a business and an LLC and I got to write this off in taxes and yeah. and I got to you know like you got clients calling you and telling you you got to fix this and fix that and do this and do that like and you're also trying to have some free time be happy enjoy yourself enjoy your life those Doing all of that is fucking hard. Yes. And it yeah. takes a lot of time, and it's just a different level, It takes away man. your sanity a little, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and, like, when you always have something to fall back on or rely on if something happens. You don't try as hard. Yeah, you don't try as hard. I catch myself Not being lazy way more times than none. I mean, I can just, I have the time now that I could just, like, accidentally get lost in my phone for an hour. I don't want that anymore. I want to throw my phone out the window. I want to get rid of that thing. Yep. Use it strictly for business. Mm-hmm. But here, I just get lost in the phone so much, yep. and it's it's killing me. Like that's a good reason why I'm moving down there too, because I need to have all these things lined up, do all this work, 
and not focus on losing or I'd be I'd be just I'm losing time here just being on my phone having that cushion the cushion is leading me to be okay with being on my phone you for don't an have hour. if you have a cushion you don't have to do deep work that's what people call it deep work deep that work. means when you work for set intervals of time like you go I'm gonna work for three hours right now or four hours straight and not take a break and not you know just yeah. work right and when you're doing that an hour in you're getting into this zone where you're like you don't even think about the outside. Like somebody right. could call you and you'd like snap out of it, but you'd be like, what the heck was that? I was just in this. Yeah. So when you are on your own, you have to do deep work. That's what you have to do because there's no room to mess around, especially yeah. with you. Like you don't, you're not going to have a boss. You're going to be working for people, but it's going to be on you to get the work done in the amount of time you have to get right. it done by. And then it's on you to be, it's, it's your fault if it doesn't get done. It's nobody else's Absolutely. fault. And then yeah. that's, you're relying on them now to bring you more work so you have to do it right yeah. and you have to take you know so it's it's different even when you have like a nine to five like when you have a nine to five at least somebody's paying your bills you know what i'm saying like, at least somebody's giving you money for the time that you're putting in yeah whereas if you don't do that you have so many other things you have to do like because now an employee an employee is is basically uh a business owner but they just don't make the sale they just do the work and they and there's another person above them who makes the sale who does the accounting who does the real the responsibility all, this, all they have to do is the work yeah and then they get paid dirty Perfect. work yep. with entrepreneurship or business or whatever it is even as an artist or however you want to look at it you're the salesman the marketer the accountant the this the that the ceo cio cxo you know all the other the whole nine all the whole nine all the other acronyms you have to be all of these people so like on top of doing the work so man so i think that sure you're putting yourself in a you're putting yourself in a great position as far as your life goes and as far as your opportunities I think go the best version of myself will come out i think it when will I make that move. but at the same time dude like is it, you're you're it's gonna be hard like i think it's gonna be hard yeah and i think it's gonna be a real slap in the face it's gonna be a slap in the face but i think it's good that you're forcing yourself to do it because i'm realizing that, the problem now Instead of when I'm, say, five years from now, mm -hmm. be real pissed off at myself if I didn't find that out until then. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it'll bring me more opportunities in the future, just meeting people down there, doing the work, getting down and dirty, and actually, you know, figuring out how to successfully run the business yeah. and how to make the most money from it. I think you'll be fine. I just think that you, there's going to be a lot, there's going to be some moments when you're like, oh, man, I've never been at this point before where, like, It'll be 12, 13, 14 hour days, some days. Yeah, and, and you don't have the connections to go, like, you know, no. go call, hey, yo, we got to do this uh, right now so we can flip this truck or whatever. Like, nah, man, you got to build up those connections now, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's, there's going to be a lot. It, it, the, the thought of it is way different than the application, you know? So Yeah, it's a nice thought, but you actually, when you're in it, it'll force you to yeah. actually. And execute. being your friend, like, I know how you are, like, and I know what you your but like to be honest with you like your work like hours and stuff like that like is pretty just much like whatever you feel like doing yeah and like and i don't think that's a bad thing i just you're not gonna be able to do that anymore so <laughs> yeah so I like, like I think, some, you know yeah. some days making a nice sale working three hours two yeah. hours of the day you're gonna feel going golfing the rest of the, the day need, can't do yes, that yes you're can't gonna feel that. the need to keep working even once you make $1,200 commission on something. Yeah. Like, you're going to yeah. work for the rest of the day rather than going, I just made 200 bucks. I'm chilling. Well, it depends on the day. You know. True. But like, <laughs> no, I just think that there's going to be a little more pressure on you to actually be like, oh, shit. Like, I used to be able to just enjoy this. Like, now I have to just keep going and going and going. Yeah. Um, and I think it's going to put 
things in perspective in that way. Yeah, no, I think so. I think what I I'm speaking from somebody not doing this. So like, right? You know, I'm, no, no, no. I'm, you're making I'm sense. Going I, through all of the different uh, ways it's gonna go, being hyper realistic, but like, well, I I plan on like working like uh, the people that I'd be working for interior designers. You know, you have to do this, 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 and this. I plan on working for piecework. So once that job's complete, then you pay me X amount for the thing that was completed. Doesn't matter how many hours it took, this and that. It's not T&M. It's one flat rate. One flat rate. You you install that that chandelier. You get paid 75 bucks, say. Mm. So I plan on doing that compared to an hourly wage because it'll push me to make the extra hourly wage or dollars per hour more than what I would have been charging normally. Mm -hmm. And then I plan on... I have a couple people in mind right now that I plan on uh, hiring out. So they do this, you know. I make the Delegation. I make the twenty bucks on them doing the work, mm -hmm. and then you know I could still do the other work and keep on getting jobs done and done and done. So then these people I'm working for, they find more jobs for me, and then it just the snowball effect. It's all downhill from there. Well, not downhill. Uphill. Uphill snowball. <laughs> Man, that's uh, I hope I hope that's how it goes, man. I think it is gonna be how it goes, just because I know, like the one thing, yeah, you do what you want, Miller, but you are adaptable. So I think that you know the yeah. fact that you've gone from these different things, from college to starting your own business to doing this, doing that, like we know people who did leave college, but it's not like they went out and were doing like they got their job, you know, they just went out and started doing it. Like you would have like even once you stopped college, like you were making flips, you were actually going out and working and getting jobs on your own jobs that you had never really done before not you well, knew that, how to do that them. didn't happen right off the bat no right off the bat out after college i worked for a guy who was a complete jerk and he did not you know it was so terrible i worked for him for like a year and a few months i mean terrible guy to work for but i learned so much work mm -hmm. like he like say a good example is like we used to do garage doors openers and, um, you know, actually hanging them and everything. The first time we did a garage door, he gave me the box, took the instructions, and told me to figure it out. And I'm like, I don't know how to do this. I've never done this before. He's like, you're not allowed to use YouTube. I'm going to go get materials. When I come back, this thing better be up. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, this is brutal. But he forced me to learn everything and, like. You know, I was able to actually, I, I did cheat on that one. I did go on YouTube just to see how to program the thing because, mm -hmm. you know, you need instructions for that. But I did, I was able to complete it. And he taught me how to do a, little, a lot of fine tuning for things I've never done before. And then after I really got fed up with this guy, then I, uh, I left and then just started doing my own thing. And I was comfortable to go out and say, yes, I'm able to do this job. I'll take it on. Mm -hmm. Gave him a good price. You know, and just go from there. Yeah. So you you do. I did sort of already eat shit theoretically. Yeah, yeah. With that guy to get where I'm at now. I mean, I'm not saying I'm some master carpenter right now. I'm definitely not. But I'm able to complete a lot more. You things. You know what you can do and what you can't do. Yeah, I'll never take on a job that I know that I can't do because that's just embarrassing at the end of the day. Yeah. But I'm able to do a lot more now because I worked for this guy who did everything for a year and a half. So you know, going back to what we were saying earlier, like, um what like any advice that i could give to someone who wants to start doing you know their own thing or like say blue collared work in this case you have to work for someone who knows what they're doing and really have a good teacher because if you don't have a good teacher you don't know how to do things right then you're kind of having you're starting bad habits early mm -hmm. you know i've talked to a lot of guys like uh, i know a few master builders who when they started out they say never put a stud in crooked every do never use caulk like, do things to the best of your ability and form good habits. 
Because then once you do the jobs in the future, you'll learn how to do them without cutting corners or doing this and that. And that's where, you, that's where you'll succeed. After learning the fine-tuning things and doing things to the best of your ability. I had the same experience because I worked for the uh, this marketing company, right? And, uh, you know, while I was in college, though, but still, same thing. I mean, I was working like 30 hours a week or 40 or whatever. And uh, the, the company was, I mean, it was really like... It was based on taking people's money, doing an okay job, mm-hmm. and like getting by, not, yeah. and then just people being like, hey, what happened? And then we're like, well, this is the contract. You know? So, yeah. like, that's what I was, but not to say I learned so much. I wouldn't be able to run this business without working that job. Yeah. Because I learned all these intricacies of running a digital business. Like how do you task manage? How do you calendar? How do you build a website? How do you do this and this and this? And the founder was not, didn't have the right mindset or vision. Um, The company, like I said, we were kind of like, I'm not saying we were into taking people's money, but like we were just prioritize other clients over other clients and just be like, oh, we'll just like throw them, you know, we'll just give yep. them what they what they want and then we'll just go on and yeah. just, we have the money so it doesn't matter. Like all that stuff where like I learned, boom, like first work for people with the same values as you because then you'll never really have a disagreement. You won't even need a contract. You'll shake hands and that'll be it. And, um, you know, that and also just, but yeah, it was a shit job, man. And I learned all the how to handle a terrible boss and how to not be a terrible boss. But, but I've watched myself use the same habits as that guy used. But uh, even though I, that he used on you me, ca- you'd cut your, you'd I catch caught yourself. myself. Yeah. I caught myself being like, you know, whatever that pers- specific example is. And I knew in my brain, I was like, because I started yourself, using... You can't let yourself look like you're... Or you can't let other people see that you do that kind of stuff and you when you want to be at a different level. Than yes, that. and you can't speak it and then not do it. You know, you yeah. gotta, you gotta, you gotta set the example, man, and the tone. And like what I realized, and I just kind of realized, like indirectly, all of the things that weren't done to make it an organization that was gonna thrive and succeed. And I thought that making money meant you were doing good. Like, but I realized it's really not about money because that company made it i guess enough money i mean they didn't they took out loans and and stuff so they really didn't make you know as much money as they had to to run the organization that they had right but at the same time they had huge contracts they had 30 60,000 contracts like it was that was happening but then but the company was so ass backwards so that made me realize too like oh just cuz you're making money just cuz you're getting work doesn't mean shit because you could just ruin this thing yeah. and run it into the ground and just because you have a contract they'll give you your money yeah so it's like yeah man but same thing with me man i worked for that shit job and i learned so much shit and then i you know you know had to backtrack and go all right what bad habits am i tra- am i doing now like expose yourself yeah. to a lot of different variables true and self-awareness man and the things that i'm just always pushing always always pushing out every single interview is like to try new things man because number one thing that you can do is try new things and like i've always try new things and talk to different people that's it see what everyone does see if you could work with certain people Grow the network. It's not what you know, it's who you know. It's who you know. Always it's who you know. Can't stress that enough. (laughs) Shout out to Who You Know Show on uh, one of my clients. Oh, there you go. One of my, the OGs. Who You Know is the way to go. It's tr- man, that's great. Yeah, they should trademark that. I, know, I can't, right? let, that, I can't let them take that They always ask their guests, is it more about what you know or who you know? And obviously, oh, it's who you know. I you mean, know what? You know what? Um, Grant Cardone said. What he said, it's uh, it's about who knows you. 
Oh. And I said, yes, oh. sir. I said both. Yeah. Obviously, what you know, what you know is gonna be able, is gonna give you the skills to do the job. Who you know is gonna give you the opportunity to, to sell the job. Yeah. Who knows you is gonna give them the opportunity to use you to do the job. Hmm. I like bro. that. Look at that. I like that. That's what I'm saying, man. All that you. There's a lot of principles. That's why I called it podcast principles because I'm mm. a, I'm about principles, man. Yep. Because a lot of things boil down very simply, but it's hard. It's it's very easy to complicate things. It's hard to boil things down to simple terms. And for me, I always have an impulse to try to like explain it in some crazy intricate way. Yeah. When really yeah. it's very simple. Yeah. You know. Right. Like like put simply, you. Quit. You dropped out of college. You got a job working for somebody who sucked. That it sucked in a great way, where you learned a, a bunch about what to do and what not to do, and then you had the skills to go off on your own. Right. I did. I went. I was like probably. Uh, I'd say half the month I'd work by myself, and then the other half I'd work for a guy. Met a guy named Jeff. Great guy. Would work for him all the time. The nicest guy I've ever met. So it's very awesome working for him. He's been doing carpentry for thirty years. You know, kind of got me from, like, I was up here with people, and then he got me back down here. I was, like, good working with people again. He was paying me what I wanted. And I was just, I was thankful for that and just worked with him, learned a lot from him. And then, you know, after that, I was working with him. Like, he'd call me, you know, for a two-day job once a month, and then the rest of the month I was just doing my own thing. Yeah. And it was great. Just, you got to learn from people who have done it first, and then try it out on your own. Slogan of this podcast, learn from those who did it. Learn from the learn from the uh, the experience. True, and that's why I ask people about moments too, because a lot of times it's the moments that kind of change everything. You know, like a lot of times it's not like the five year thing that changed it all. Like it's usually kind of sometimes it's just one little moment where you go, I could like edit somebody's podcast and make money. Yeah, I could do somebody's. I can make a. I can do a porch. I can make a back porch. Yeah. Might as well. I think I could do that. And make some money. Yeah, well, one back. moment. Yep, man. Yep. But yeah, man. That's uh, you know, we we covered we covered a lot, man. But like I you brought listen, we don't have to go too far into this, but you brought a great book with you. We did. And Rich Dad Poor Dad. That just started reading it today. The book is called Rich Dad Poor Dad. Uh it's a book that I've done the audio f- with and then I did an audio book and then I I read I've read it too and uh it's just and and now it's timeless. I mean like I still go and I'll just pull up on YouTube one of the chapters and like just just listen to it cuz I like Kiyosaki. But anyway, so this book Rich Dad Poor Dad if if you don't know what it's about or you're not into the kind of entrepreneurial it's it's not that business oriented. It's still it's pretty life oriented, but yeah. um anybody could really take value from it, I think, but uh, what what the premise of it is is that there's there's a kid he's growing up he has a friend okay his nine-year-old nine-year-old his friend his friend's dad is a uh, he's he owns a business right he owns owns like 15 businesses businesses. but this kid the nine-year-old his dad is a professor i think or yeah he's a teacher he's a teacher so the teacher that's his poor dad that's his actual dad Mm -hmm. and then the his friend's dad is his rich dad right and so it's about the balance of like learning from what excuses his dad makes about money and then what excuses plays both sides plays both sides and then what he what he learns about his friend's dad and how he got so rich and how he started all these businesses and was so successful so um but you know even in like listen we don't have to like pull out quotes from it but like what is your what kind of even even though you've read a short amount of uh, read 30 pages this morning 30 yeah well but that's there's solid. some great stuff in those 30 pages yeah like is there anything that like stood out to you that has to do with that book or do you uh the one thing was the rich dad was telling him about um, 
how you could either play by life's rules or you could grab life by the balls and really take advantage of it and do your absolute best and you can't let it boss you around you can't go into the everyday uh everyday nine to five that everyone does because you won't you'll be that poor dad if you do that if you grab it by the balls theoretically and uh play by your own rules just figure out how it works by start you start with that terrible job like in this case he hired the rich dad hired you know the nine-year-old kid to work for 30 or 10 cents an hour just dusting off cans in his little his little shop the nine-year-old was fed up and he was like i gotta like either get paid more or i'm quitting and then the dad says like you gotta start off somewhere you need to learn you know the rough work in the beginning you gotta eat shit and then Mm -hmm. after that you can figure out you could have a game plan after that and now you have skills yeah i mean i've I think I stopped at that page, actually. Yeah. So after that, you know, I still have to read. But, you know, you really have to, um, you know, see what's in front of you. See, pretty much just read what other people, or not read what other people are doing. But, uh, you know, he's talking to this rich dad now compared to the poor dad. Mm. And he's seeing how the rich dad does it. And now he's taking, he's like kind of noticing. He's noticing, oh, this is how I become rich. This is how he started. This is how, you know, this is how it all works. Uh, yeah, and it's important that it's like, and what you were saying a little bit beforehand, uh, one of the other quotes is like, you're going off that quote. It's like, life is either for you or it's come. It's either coming for you or it's coming or it's pushing at you, you or it's pushing you. It's like I feel like people think life is happening to them, but it's really happening for them. So it's not it, like you can either learn or you can be angry right is kind of what it's yeah, yeah you can be mad at the world for the world doing what it's doing or you could learn from what the world is doing so like it's there's options that's the thing with that's what i think too is i feel like there's options it depends how you interpret what's happening right some things everything looks like it's fucking you like every single way you look at it it's like this is just fucking me over yeah but you'll you'll live a lot better life. I feel like if you if you can find at least one thing where you're where you're gonna get better from it, you know. Yeah. And like that's really what it is, man. And like the thing is, too, like back to rich dad poor dad. Like, yeah, some people understand it and some people don't. Some people are gonna. Well, it's, yeah. well, another thing was people are scared to mm. actually Fear go is huge. Go yeah. out of that like that zone where they're being pushed by life because it's you know it's scary. They don't know if they're gonna make it. Do this mm-hmm. and that. But there's a lot in there that you already know that you could. You just gotta break through a little bit, mm-hmm. have a little Miller move, get out of there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really though, really. And that's it, man. What you said, fear. Fear is like a fear is a motherfucker, man. Pe- fear is holds all of us back. I mean, and what I always refer to the book uh, by Stephen Pressfield. It's called The War of Art. Ah, uh, I, I read like half of that too. Amazing, but one, I was going to read that this morning top, instead of that. Probably but. top three books. And what he calls it is resistance. Right? There's always resistance pulling you, and it wants to take you down. Shout it's out the to the devil. It's the devil. Shout out to Trevor on Who You Know Show too. He always mentioned this of like. He's like the evil, I forget what he calls it, but he's like the evil wants to get you. It wants to take you down. Yeah. Like the resistance wants to let you know. Like, it's in control. Dude, you ain't shit. Like you, this is, you're not meant for this. This is not what you're supposed to do. You're yeah. in the wrong path, whatever. And it's it's always there, right? Yeah. So you can either believe it or or you can find a way to deal with it and make it productive. You know, so like I, 
bad things are going to happen, right? Things that you can't control are going to happen. But I think it's really the reaction that, you know, how are you going to react to it? How are you going to grow from it? Right. You know, um, but you can really, you could grow from a lot, from a lot more, a lot of things. And, but if you're scared, you're fucked because you're going to let that fear take over. And it's the resistance. The resistance and then the fear it. is only going to get worse. And it's not, you're not going to be able to get into like your happy place almost like i wouldn't mm-hmm. trade what i've done for the world yeah i mean going to college yes i mean definitely wasted a couple no, of years no there. no no you didn't because you wouldn't be you know what i'm saying you don't I know until it, after you wouldn't be right, right here yeah. right very true you would have never gone to nashville you never done the thing yeah true but the things that i've done so far like my schedule that i'm able to make for myself and you know have all the, the diversity and jobs and everything and i've had a blast i've had mm-hmm. a great time that nine to five is a killer, and I never want to work it once in my life. Yeah. I mean, sure, I work. I work like seven o'clock in the morning to nine o'clock at night sometimes, but yeah. you know that's on my own terms, and I'm happy doing it. And it's I'm not being bossed around by a guy at the end of the day. And I hopped out of that comfort zone, and I would not trade it for the world. Mm. Would you ever go back to it if the opportunity was perfect? Depends on what it is. Yeah, depends. But on what but it, is. it does depend on what it is, though. You're not saying no. No, I'd, eh, more than like not ninety five percent of the time, I'd say no. Yeah, but oh, if you had to, you would. If I could get into set design, show like in show business and this and that, which I kind of will be doing in Tennessee, which is awesome. But mm-hmm. if I could do that, I would do that. I would be fine with that. It's not even a ninety five there. You do twelve hour days based on the sets, pretty much. But mm-hmm. that's something I would love to do. Yeah. So that's the five percent chance that I would say yes. But everything else, I mean, there's no shot. Because I've taught myself how to make money in a lot of different ways. And I'm very grateful for that because, like, say COVID, you know, everything went downhill. I was still able to – I never stopped working during COVID. Yeah. I was an essential worker, mm-hmm. theoretically. I mean, you know, I was working – I mean, you went to the house that I was at. I was at, yeah, we were at the house together. for six months by myself. No one was in the house, was able to do everything I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And that's that. That's the one thing that – you definitely do have is that you learned how to make money from un- un- so many different ways. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, oh, um, shit, that's a Mac Miller quote. I got so many ways I can make money. I will just let you. I'm just letting you know that I'll always be straight. Yeah, that's a quote from some. I forget what song it's called, but um, yeah, man. Like that's one of those things. Like that's a fucking skill to learn how to make money in different ways and then learn new ways, not yeah. to be like these are my ways. Like learn new ways. Like people don't that are in such a nine to five mindset. They and don't. Like, they I'm don't not recognize fucking, the opportunity. Exactly. And I'm not fucking Gary Vee here. Okay. Like I'm not. I'm not the guy who's saying fucking on. It's dude. You gotta follow your passion, your dreams. Like I'm. You're I am realistic. B. I'm, I'm Sully B. I'm not Gary Vee. I'm realistic though. But I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying work a nine to five. Have a have an entrepreneurial mindset. Like understand that money. If you allow money into your life, it will come into your life. Like what I did was I wrote like um, ri- um, Think and Grow Rich. I'm not sure if you've read that one yet, but I don't read books. Yeah, audiobook. Trust yeah. me. Yeah, hey, I'll do that. Think and Grow Rich. You write a letter to money. You say, "Dear money, I will accept this amount of money into my life. This is how much money I'm going to have on this day. I will do everything in my power to achieve this money, and I will not deceive anybody or." Or, or get in anybody else's way to achieve this money. Like, it will only be through these ways. And that's what you do. You put out... Now, this is going into the woo-woo manifestation shit, which I don't know is true. I think some of it is true, mm, but eh, some of it, mm. it's a little... It's a gray area. I won't, I'll say that. It's uh, placebo. Placebo, yeah, sure. Yeah. But, you know, placebo, it works. 
that's the thing. You got me there's there. There's nocebo and there's placebo, right? So nocebo. Yeah, nocebo effect and the placebo effect. So placebo works. It's weird that it works, but it does work um, in certain applications. Uh, meaning that you can take a sugar pill and and the symptoms of whatever you have can go away. Like there's many studies on placebos. I mean, yeah. I won't go into it further, but yeah. Anyway, um, I don't know where I was going with that, but <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I forgot too. Uh, what were you saying? Oh, there's a lot of ways. The ways to make money. There's a lot of ways you can yeah. make money, and which I think is important for everyone to learn, learn some extra ways to make money because True. that's why you especially have especially in COVID, man. That was the perfect thing, dude. I was I was getting so many people on selling stuff on eBay because like they weren't dude, doing anything I sold else. My dude, I sold my computer I had on eBay for two years, and it finally it sold during COVID. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's like you need to know different ways because once you lose your job or something, you got to make money somehow. Oh, I, see I will attest, I will provide that example of I am not a flipper, okay? I will flip cars and stuff like that. I've made good money doing that, but I don't do with eBay. I bought a, I saw on, on a Facebook page that there was a Mac computer and I saw how much it was. It was for $85. I went to the guy's house. I talked to him for 20 minutes. I bought it for $85. I went home. I let it sit. A month later, I listed it on eBay for $280. A year goes by, no hits, right? 300 yep. views, no hits. I'd lower the price, 260 No hits. Another six months goes by, COVID hit. Another six months goes by, Jeez. $250. I get seven you messages see that PayPal in them? one week. I used the money that I made from that to buy my website for my there business. You go. So I don't even do eBay. I literally went on Facebook, saw this thing for sale. I went on eBay, looked at what it sold for, figured when the time has come, somebody's going to buy it. And I'm going to make money. So like you don't even people would see that computer and say, I'm not looking for a computer. Yeah. And keep going. The mindset's different, man. And like, I'm not even a big mindset guy. I think mindset's a little bullshit, but like, it's not end all be all. People trying to sell you courses on mindset, they go fuck themselves. But I think the mindset is different if you're or some one person will look at that computer and not blink an eye and the other person will look and say i can this That's is going to be 150 dollars cool. in one year yeah or one day and one yeah sure in one day but no oh, oh, one was, year oh yeah, yeah one year as in one year ago i mean that yeah, doesn't happen now. all the time where it takes that long yeah. a, a thing that with flipping that i go off of is if they manufactured it and it's not like out of date you can't completely not use it anymore mm -hmm. if they made it someone will want it yeah and no matter what it is, I've had things sit on eBay for years. And then just a random day, like say right now, something, a PayPal notification could come up and just the eBay underneath, you've sold, blah, blah, blah. Just if you have the storage and you know it's worth money, it's better than in it, like a stock. Mm -hmm. If you can make two, 200 bucks on something, just keep it in your garage for a year or two. Mm -hmm. You're going to make $200 on a $15 stock? Probably not. Yeah, no. So that's the way that I look at it. My dad's like, you should just invest in stocks and do this and that. I'm like, no, I'm going to you know, sell my stuff, take that money, buy more do stuff. Know, do you know what people tell you to do? The people tell you to do what worked for them because that's why your dad said that. Like, He knows, he understands that stocks work. Stocks, you not doing stocks doesn't make stocks not work. Stocks I would just, still work. I just got into stocks. Exactly. Pretty nice. <laughs> Long term, I'm talking ETFs. I'm talking Roth IRAs. Yeah, that, yeah. It works. There's you. Not, if you don't do it, it still works. It, yeah. It just didn't work for you yet. Grant Cardone doesn't tell you to buy real estate. Why? He doesn't do real estate. The real estate guy who's making a, a half a million, uh, you know, a year off real estate, uh, besides from his nine to five job, what do you think he's going to tell you to do? 
he's going to tell you to do real estate how he did real estate because it worked for him. So yeah. the thing is, like, flipping worked for you. I'm not saying it's going to work for everybody, but you can be like me, somebody who doesn't flip. You can see a little thing on, on a Facebook page and then make 150 Well, it doesn't off. even take a whole lot to know what things are worth. We have yes. we have the global sales place in your hands, yes. the iPhone. You go on eBay. You go on sold listings. You don't even need a computer to do any of the stuff that you're doing. Now, you have one. No, and you use it, but you no, don't even I don't need it. No, I don't use a computer at all for shipping yeah. labels. Yeah, that's it. Which, uh, if you guys are scared to do eBay, shipping is the easiest thing. I know. Buy, I was buy a $40 scared, yeah. scale. Yeah. Just, you don't even need it. I have a nice $40 one. I was using a $15 scale before, and you just weigh it. Show how much it weighs on eBay. They calculate all the prices. Buyer pays for shipping. Yep. That's that. You you don't even have... Once they scan the shipping label, doesn't it send the the track into the buyer, too? Yeah. You, yeah. So yeah. You, don't, you have, don't need to do anything. Once it's printed and do, taped on the box, bring it to the post office. Yeah. You made your money. And eBay takes Man. care of the rest. It's simple. And but that's it's, just one avenue of making us money on the side. Yeah. Yeah. That requires no upfront capital. Literally requires less. You can make, like you said, you can buy something for fifteen dollars if you know what you're looking for, and I, you can make a fifty off of it or a hundred. I've I've bought things like say before I brought up that that robot. I knew yeah. that old tin robots from the fifties are worth a lot of money. Went to a garage sale, bought this robot for five dollars, sold it on eBay. The next week, it was only you know one week auction, sold for five hundred eighty dollars. Wow. And that's. You know, five hundred seventy-five dollar. Well, eBay takes ten percent, so yeah. you know, shim off sixty bucks. PayPal takes a little bit. PayPal takes two percent. So at the end of the day, you're losing twelve percent, but you just got to factor factor that into your cost. Yeah. But at the end of the day, what two hundred twenty, two hundred, or no, five hundred twenty, five hundred ten dollar profit just from going to a garage sale. That was the only weekend I stayed at Stockton. <laughs> I went to a garage sale. Actually, that same weekend, yeah. Bob. That same weekend. The only weekend I stayed at Stockton, I was just going to garage sales all Saturday. I buy the robot, blah, blah, blah. I end up buying, like, a bunch of old license plates from this guy, too. Like, they're all sets from, like, the 30s and 40s, which people are allowed. license plates. And people are allowed to put them on their old cars if they're sets, and they could register their car to the old license plate. So I, I knew that in the past. So I knew that was desirable. I knew that only from talking to car people with old cars. So networking, again, you learn from other people. And so there was like 15 sets, paid 100, I think $170 for all these license plates. There's like, I think 50 total. There's a bunch of uh, singles in there too. Each set was selling for over $50 on eBay. There were some that sold for $80. I think I made 600 bucks on these license plates and they were selling every week. There was another one that sold. That same weekend, I went to a, there's like a barn sale right outside of Atlantic City. And there was a uh, slot machine from the 1930s. It's like 1936, I think. And, you know, I knew that these things were worth money from just watching, you know, Pawn Stars or American Pickers or anything. or Watching TV. Watching TV. Just watching Literally. good shows to watch. Yep. And Which are so, the best shows, by the way? Yeah. Pickers is great. I, I don't like it anymore, but, you know, it is what it is. His brother came in. And, yeah. yeah. But, uh I saw this uh, slot machine all dusty in the corner of this barn. Uh, I knew that there. I thought it was probably worth, you know, eight hundred bucks. This lady wanted uh, two hundred fifty bucks. Someone bought it five minutes before, or said they were going to buy it, but said they could pick it up later. I was like, I'll give you three hundred dollars for that thing. I'll be back with cash in ten minutes. Went to Wawa, came back three hundred bucks, loaded it in the car, brought it home, and then contacted a bunch of people online that fix slot machines. 
Because I looked on eBay and I saw this thing was worth $6,700 restored. So I'm like, oh my god, this might be worth getting restored. All the parts were there, all the internals and everything. I found the guy, I found the biggest slot machine guy in the United States, lived in Maryland, had 90% of the parts in existence because he bought out all the factories and everything. I'm like, all right, this guy's not going to, you know, mess around. Like, he's going to get straight to the point. Go to his house. Um, in Maryland? Yeah, drove down to Maryland with okay. the slot machine. Yep. And he showed me all the slot machines he had. He probably had, oh, my God. His basement, he lived in a mega mansion, and his whole entire basement was slot machines. Wow. He had slot machines. He had the first slot machine that was ever made in, like, 1880 or something. Could be wrong. Um, but there's four in existence worth $750,000, and I played it. Oh, my God. Dispense cigarettes. So cool. Wow. So I was, like, playing uh, playing games for a couple minutes down in the basement, and then he got to the point, he was like, this thing will cost probably three to thirty five hundred bucks to restore fully get it showroom quality um or no what was it it would have cost no it would have cost a lot more than that i think he said it would have cost like forty five hundred dollars to restore or something and then i still had to try and sell it at the end of the day he was like or i could give you twenty three hundred dollars cash right now for the thing and i'm like "Mm, that sounds pretty nice at the end of the day i still would have had to sell it then ebay would have taken their fees didn't want to deal with that. Did the math. Took the 2300 bucks right there, then partied in D.C. the rest of the week, or the weekend. And you're not going to be able to do that with any Dude, other another job. Another thing, too, is, like, you end up going to these places, too, which is crazy. I find like, the coolest – I meet the coolest people. I go to the coolest places, like, mm-hmm. just meeting people, new, buying cool things, showing yeah. things off. Like, I don't know. It's Showing up, man, putting yourself out there, going to the garage sale, though, and getting The garage sale it. grind is the way to go. Yeah. I made more money selling stuff from garage sales than I ever have working construction. Yeah. Construction's just that little thing on the side where – you know, I learned the thing so I could one day yeah. flip real estate. And it's nice estate. to get, like, it's a the consistent knowledge. money, too, if you yeah. want. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Because some days eBay isn't great. Facebook Marketplace, you know, another great place to sell stuff. You would know. Facebook I just ma- made a nice flip. Yep, <laughs> Facebook Marketplace yeah. takes no percentage. Yeah, straight up, dude. But, you know, if eBay's too much for you guys, you know, Facebook Marketplace is a great thing. Yep. And, you know, you work with local people, make it nice and easy. But I've made more money flipping stuff than I have in probably the three years working construction. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, doesn't take a lot of time. I do eBay when I get home from work. Some days, two, three days a week, I'll do eBay. Yep. How many items do you still have for sale, like, now on eBay? Not just on Marketplace, but on eBay, just on eBay. Um... Only probably only like fifteen. Yeah, because I you, well I know you're you're dwindling down. And like, I I lowered the prices on everything because yeah. I did have to get rid of all my stuff before the big move. So, you yeah. know a lot of things sold. Things always will sell. Yep. And at, at your height though, like what's the most amount of things that you had like listed? Ah, uh, probably eighty five ninety. Yeah. But a lot of stuff was on Facebook too. Yeah. So but do Facebook you, sells does, a lot quicker than eBay. Yeah, because it's the people are right. You could they could stalk you and know like your ratings good and stuff like that yeah. and like all that and like they can see you're a normal person. It's a local pickup. That's a different thing. But, yeah. Like anyway, what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to get say is like or ask is if you have that many things like you're selling stuff almost every day then right like so one thing like you'll sell two at, things on at Wednesday. Least, yeah. A two, couple days will go by. Saturday you'll sell something like yeah. But there's almost always cash flow coming in and like you're buying stuff too like don't 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 get me uh, wrong here folks you've spent a lot of money on on buying and you've bought uh, yeah. like things that you never made money on oh yeah well and, i mean but, but what, that's the trade though 
Well, you got to see. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely... That's part of the game, but, dude. But once you learn from those mistakes, you learn to never buy those things again. We thought, as your friends, you were fucking crazy buying some of this shit that you bought. Yeah. For how much you bought it for. Like, we were like, what are you doing? What are some just things that just come, your money? come to your mind? Like, something I, dude, crazy that... I don't know. I mean... Because I've sold so many things, I forget some of the things I've even had. Um, but you, for me, I don't know the market on doors, so... Oh, the antique doors. But the doors, I thought they were cool, but I'm like, this is stupid. Like, they're doors. They're so annoying to, like, move, yeah. and it just can't make sense. There's 25 no doors in one lot for 150 bucks. Yeah. Sold every door. Or I have seven doors left, I think. Sold yeah. them all between 50 and 100 bucks a pop. Oh, all the amps and the speakers. I'm a, I'm an audio guy, so I go, all those amps and speakers are either blown or they're at complete shit, and you're not going to get any money for them, and you just wasted all that. Yeah, no. Made thousands of dollars. Yeah, literally made thousands of dollars. So, like, the shit that, like... Man, and it's so funny to be on the sidelines and, like, try to look and be like, dude, that's not going to make you anymore. Like, oh, uh, bro, you and can see, never. Like, when, when, people people, say that, that, when people say that, I'm like, I'm going to show you. I'll show you, Bob. I'll show you. Well, I don't like, you know, actually showing the money and being, like, you know, bragging or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, that's yeah. where, you know. I'm, you, I think it's motivation. But I'd love to see People like of, you, I'll tell yeah. you because, yeah, you know, yeah. you'll get a kick out of it and you'll think it's funny, but, you know, you don't want to be gloating your what no. you're making no and like i was telling you before the podcast like if i post anything about like the numbers or like what i make and hey i'm not a millionaire yet like we're getting there but like you know even if it's a little amount of money even if it's 300 dollars or 400 dollars or something just like as little motivation of like hey you can do this like you making two thousand dollars in like basically a day off of a fucking pinball machine like that's possible it's not like some story that you just you tell. literally just have to put yourself yeah. out there like you have a lot most, of examples, i've been to more garage sa- i've been to so many garage sales where i haven't bought anything there's yeah. been full saturdays where i go to seven things where i'll spend 60 bucks and maybe make a hundred bucks profit yeah but then there's there's weekends like that one weekend where i bought i bought the robot license plates and slot machine in the same day spent well under five hundred dollars and made over three grand Mm -hmm. and i was probably out there shopping for three hours and then listing you know add another four or five hours for all the license plates the robot you know shipping at the end of the day and then driving down to maryland say 12 hours invested to everything and then making over three grand yeah and then if you're working your nine to five job people make that in a month yeah 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 Yeah. so anyone who you know likes the idea of flipping it's the way to go (laughs) yeah and uh don't get discouraged if the things that you buy don't sell right away no just learn you literally just have to learn from your experiences and it's a long-term game. i've learned so i mean like i said earlier starting with legos at age 13 i've been doing this for 10 years yep and I wouldn't like I wouldn't have known what to buy now and where to really fine tune what what I buy and what what sells what doesn't sell, un- unless I did the ten years you know, of buying. And I've selling. been doing YouTube for ten years too, twelve years, right? I've been doing podcasts since middle school. I've been yeah. doing all this shit like same thing like literally like not in this capacity and you not no, in that capacity but not. you did it like for me like I had a video that went like not viral but got a couple hundred thousand views i made money off it i was in eighth grade i thought i was the man but like if i would have never done that i would have not known that this content thing is going to be like the next thing and yeah. it's going to work out and you know and i'm going to be able to make money off podcasts like for you like you know you did is the same thing man you're 13 you're like wait this is crazy like you've Sell, felt so good about that sale selling the, yeah. the bmx bike making yeah. 120 bucks i'm like oh my god like this is sick. I was working for $10 an hour splitting wood. I was like, that's 12 hours of work I didn't do that I got paid for. Things are worth what people are willing to pay. That's it. Nothing other than that. Nope. nope. And game. like I said before, if people made it, 
if it was manufactured one day, people still will probably buy it now. Yeah, that's true. That's the only thing that I've... Well, not the only thing I've learned. That's a big thing that I've learned. That's what happens with, so, car, with cars, too. The thing is, with cars, you got to really... You got to kind of know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, cars have been... Cars, cars, are, cars are iffy, like you yeah. discovered that. Because yeah. yeah. the thing is, you can't... With cars, you almost... Sometimes you can't look at what they're sold for. Like, you can't... You go off that, because it's there's a lot every of car variables. Is, every car has every, a little different thing that's yeah, wrong with that's it. Yeah, that's the thing and, with cars. Like, I've done pretty... I've done well. I've made money on every car that I've sold, but, like... I don't sell. I had it, it. You. It took me a long time to right. first of all have the skills to do it, and then to know how to say and like just it's very. Complicated. We also got to have the right resources too, like which I, I do. Yeah, you do, and I did too. Like Mike Confalone, yep. you know, shout out to Mike. He Confalone. helped me out. Beyond, I wouldn't be able to do it without him. He was the one towing the vehicles for me, telling me if it's a good move or bad move. I've probably done three cars by myself and yeah. only made, you know. 600 bucks or something in a day flipping them and just but most of the i mean i've probably we've probably done like 12 in the past few years or he i mean he's done a whole lot more than i have but i've probably done 12 and without him like helping me just showing me how to fix them and doing this i wouldn't be able to do it i wouldn't have been selling cars at all so you got to have the right resources and who you know who you know what you know who knows knows you? you yep that's it baby yep but damn miller um you know, I'm sad to um, see you go, man, but I know that it's, uh, you know, it's, man, like, I can't, I don't, I don't think about, I'm not thinking about myself, you know, I'm, I'm really just thinking about what you, what you're doing and where, like, I want to see my friends go do what they want to do and go take that chance because, like, I haven't even done that yet, so. You will, you will in the next oh, yeah, in the next, so. yeah, 100%, in the next couple of years for sure, um, and I'm building it all up so I can do that, um, and so kind of, like, that's a testament to kind of having that vision in mind and that plan, but um, for you, man, like, you just, you're, 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 you're different than me, and. Well, we're all different. We all have our specialties. True, and you're just different, but you're just different in the respect that you would do pick up things and just be able to go and do it, man. And 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 I respect you for that. And I respect you for not a lot of people, not a, a lot of times. Fear takes over the excitement, and for you, I think the excitement, the lure, and also you're still realistic, and you still have jobs, and you're still going to be able to survive and do your thing and build your life down there too. And uh, you didn't let the fear get to you, but that's not how you are, man. Like uh, you know. Like we're saying, everybody's got their own thing, but uh, you know, I appreciate you doing this and us, and I really enjoy us doing this on the la- on the f- last few days that you're here. I'd like, yeah. I can't wait till I can come down there and interview you and interview we'll Anthony. See, and yeah, we'll see the, uh, we'll see the uh, how it went. Yeah, so man, we'll see we will. If, so, if the risk is worth the reward. So stay, stay, stay tuned for the follow up podcast, and we'll see if Miller makes it down south. <laughs> <laughs> Miller moves. So become a deadbeat, just drunk. Yeah, right. Just straight up under a bridge, like yeah. Welcome to my crib, hey, Bob. What's up, man? I'm making Living like, by the river. Still sanding this down. <laughs> God, this is live edge. <laughs> oh man. Yep. Anything else you want to say? Hmm. I think they got the picture. I think they got the picture too, man. Yeah. Uh, if we didn't though, at Chris Miller default. does art. Yep, on Instagram. They're trying um, to get more active on it. You know, going through a lot of stuff right now. So true. But yeah. you got some cool content on there. They there's some cool content. Some projects. Yeah, and yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. There's yeah, definitely yeah. going to be more to come. Yeah, yeah, there's a cool one. You know, at Josh's house. You know. Yeah, that, that one's dope. Yeah, 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 that'll be on the page soon. Dope last project for you, man. Dope last project. But um, yeah. Well, um, I would just say follow Chris. Make sure to follow him in his journey. He's going down to Tennessee. He's going to make it for himself. So we're going to see. You know, we're going to. Um, you know, we can learn a lot from this kid. And I to just, uh, 
you know, we've been friends for a while, man. And it all came, you know, from from beach to, you know, to college to us trying to live together and not happening. And then, you know, that's a whole story in itself. But I'm just yep. saying we've been all we've been here. We've been there, man. And it's just like now, now. Boom, another step in the process, another era coming yep. to an end, another era starting, man. So, yes, sir. Um, it's been it's been dope this whole time, man. I just wish you the best of luck. Appreciate about there. It's going to be you're going to you're going to kill it, man. It's going to be awesome. Thank you. I know it is. And I'm going to come down and see what's up, too. Definitely will. Miller. Bob. Appreciate it, bud. No problem, bud. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Bobcast. We really appreciate it. If you want to support the show, also show notes, other information on the show, it's sullybop.com, S-U-L-L-Y-B-O-P.com. Uh, streaming on all the platforms. If you're watching the video, we really appreciate it. But if you'd like, if you miss an episode, uh, you can't watch the video. It's on all the audio platforms. That's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and probably the ones that nobody uses too. And that's another episode of Bobcast. Thank you, Chris Miller, for joining me. No problem, little Bob. Peace. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Bobcast. I hope you got a ton of value from that episode. I know I did. If you could, I would please encourage you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Now, that is the best way uh, to gain new listeners and grow and rank on the platform so new people can listen to the podcast. So if you do have a minute, um, probably less than a minute, maybe 30 seconds of your time uh, to leave us a review, uh, that would be amazing. Thank you so much. And uh, make sure to visit sodabeats.com. It's the best way to make beats online right now easiest way uh, you can use them uh, for profit use uh, uh, no royalty fees or anything like that and uh, you get to keep the beat forever and do whatever you want with it it's great so more at sullybop.com video version on youtube you guys know the deal thank you so much i'm ryan sullivan this has been another episode of bobcast i'll see you guys on the next one